Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 27 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto as the Sound Village Trio attacks Sakura. The Sound Village Trio really, really sounds like a jazz band from like the like late 50s. They just, they they completely sound like they should. You see what I did there? I said sound inside of there. That made it funnier. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Get us out of this. Let's just jump in. Happy New Year, everybody! Welcome, yeah, we're back. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys yeah. had good holidays. If you were doing holidays, and if you didn't do holidays, I hope you just had good um, non-holiday days. <laughs> and yeah, I hope I mean, you liked our I double length episode, so that we could take a week off because I really liked it. <laughs> yeah i I actually had a, a pretty fun time coming back to it too. Um, I, I spent, I spent my day, I was like going to rewatch the episodes that we were going to talk about, but instead I just spent time talking to people on like the Facebook podcast message boards and like helping other people through other issues and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of really cool ones. If you're a podcaster and you're listening to this, hello, number one, number two, totally feel free to reach out to us. And number three, you should... really really go to some of the podcast message boards on facebook uh there's one that's like uh it's i think it's just like podcasts we listen to um and it's it's just full of other podcasters that like are sharing their favorite things or just listeners that are just talking about their favorite podcast or they're asking about like real questions that i have also had in the past and we have figured out and i was able to tell somebody today like how we did like the syncing up of um, of our tracks audio. and everything. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "I never thought of that." And I was like, "I wouldn't have either." But luckily, yeah. I'm friends with a sound wizard, right? A level four <laughs> sound wizard, right? Yeah, he's been lo- he's leveled up. We, I gotta say, we have to re-record our our outro one of these days, and he's probably gonna level up eventually. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably already leveled up. I'm so tired as, of as mentioning the Reddit thing every time instead of having it pre-recorded. Why? Because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should eventually do that because we're in a whole new year of podcasting. So we we should probably do that like relatively quickly. Quickly. That being said, we're probably just going to re-record it tonight after this episode. So know. you're probably going to hear the new end of the episode. If you don't, we were especially lazy. <laughs> yeah, it means that I... I uh, let's just... We so we watched Naruto this week, and <laughs> we have both been sort of let down by these episodes. Yeah, here's my um, so I'm gonna do a little treatise on Naruto really quickly. I'm definitely a Naruto apologist because I know that Naruto is uh, it was wildly popular and it has been hugely influential in sort of the current state of of manga and anime, uh, and I mean it. It's literally still going on in the form of Boruto, uh, so it's it's still relevant um, and still new, but uh, it definitely has varying quality. And I I think that um, all right, well, I think that Naruto is maybe a little bit hey. better of a story than it is an anime. Because the anime really suffers from pacing problems, and I think they're self-inflicted. We've talked a lot about filler and how anime do filler, and uh, I don't want to retread that ground too much, but I could really fill... I could really feel them dragging things out in these episodes. I mean, there was literally a point in one of the last episodes for this week's uh, podcast episode where it cut to a still screen of Naruto's face with no audio for like a full four seconds. <laughs> uh, it was weird. 
So Naruto, <laughs> I, as a Naruto apologist, I always acknowledge that it is a good show and an even better story. Uh, and it has a lot of great parts. And if you can just kind of soft focus your way through some of the less fortunate aspects of the show, then you should do that. Uh, also, I have not watched this, but I know we've mentioned it before. Um, Naruto Kai is an internet project. I guess it's kind of an awkward thing to endorse because it's not an official release. Uh, it is a cut-together version of the television show that removes filler and uh, cuts it together in approximately the same story arcs that you'll find if you buy the manga volumes. Um, so check that out, even though it's not an official release. So make sure you support the, the official release. But if you're already supporting it, then go ahead and check it out, because fuck it. Yeah. Also, um, the other random thing that I did in anime watching this week was I watched a uh, a master mashup of all of the different times from Fist of a North Star that he says you're already dead. And it is <laughs> the most ridiculous 25 minutes of YouTube video I have minutes? ever watched. Oh my god, it is so long, and he's just... Every time he kills somebody, it's in just this in the most horrific way. <laughs> there's a there's, there's a, a there's a pretty good uh, video that talks about Fist of the North Star that I've seen. I think it's Super Eye Patch Wolf uh, talking yeah, about I'm, the I, the like anime stereotype protagonist. But yeah, uh, I watched that one first, and so then good. I watched the 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 super mashup of all of them. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> hey Spencer, you're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for he says it in Japanese. It sounds way cooler in Japanese. I do not know Japanese, so I'm not gonna like butcher it here. But it's definitely real Japanesey, and like <laughs> I can almost say it, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, um, we also have uh, a special treat for you at the end of the show. Um, we are going to be announcing finally. The show that we're watching for the first time ever next whoop, week. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, Have you already started watching one... it? By the way, no, I haven't. Me uh, neither. We're both gonna we're both going in cold I'm next so week um, yeah. to these episodes, and uh, you have to stick around all the way till the end, unless you fast forward. Don't fast forward, though. Don't fast forward. Um, also, or do this Naruto episodes are terrible. If you fast forward, come <laughs> back and listen to us talk. So the uh, this is exciting too because it's the first show that neither of us has watched before. Like so far, both both of us have seen at least a good portion of the show of all four of the shows we've watched, and you mm -hmm. I think have seen all the way through each of the shows we've watched at least once. Um, Correct. Maybe I've with an asterisk on the end of Naruto. Episode. Right. I've actually seen all the way through Naruto. Damn, um, damn, girl. Yeah, and uh, the biggest problem with like watching all the way through all of these animes, especially like the ones that are really, really good, is that I know which ones will bring me back, back, and I'll watch again. Yeah, and the ones that I'll only go back and watch a couple of episodes. Luckily, I've said so far that all three of the other animes that we've done so far have been like completely rewatchable almost every single episode yeah um Naruto's the problem you child. probably won't yeah you probably won't find a single episode of Cowboy Bebop that I'm not willing to rewatch, even no. if it's one of the episodes is like a little bit lackluster and I've seen maybe too many times um uh One Punch Man I've probably watched through about four or five times now yeah um and then I've I've watched through Hunter x Hunter twice um with an asterisk at the end of that because there is a small after Hunter x Hunter thing that happens after the last major arc. Um, it's... It doesn't make any sense. It's so yes. weird. <laughs> I also, I so I've watched literally all but the last two or three episodes of Hunter x Hunter because yeah. I lost my attention so much that I was like, I don't even need to watch these last few episodes. Well, it's what happens when like producers write the end of an anime because the person making the manga didn't write an ending to it. Yeah, it's not great. And uh, I'm, I am also not a huge fan of the last arc of Hunter x Hunter. Uh, but, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, cool. It has some sweet Without parts. Without further ado, <laughs> yeah, let's fucking get to Naruto. So we're covering episodes thirty-one through thirty-seven today, and we're so gonna be 
we're going to be hitting these uh, fast and loose here because this, honestly, it's not a ton of content. Each episode is maybe half an episode's worth of content, uh, I hate to yes. say. Blake. Blake said before this, you could have wrapped this all into about four episodes and really not seven. lost any story to it. Yeah. Which I completely agree with. And I know I'm beating a dead horse here comparing Naruto to Hunter x Hunter, but it's just so relevant. Leave that horse alone! Hunter x Hunter, it just covers the same kind of content in a way that's much more compelling and that's paced reasonably. Uh, He's dead! They, they the had horse. the... They had the luxury that Naruto did not have, which is that Hunter x Hunter was already finished, or at least way further into the future, so they didn't have to worry about pacing issues. Eventually, there's like a a mob with torches that are coming up, and they're trying to take you down. Still talking about this fucking horse? Oh my god. So anyway, uh, Naruto... He's gonna throw blood on you! Naruto is exceedingly flawed and continues to be. However, the... The amount of plot, while scarce, is good. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, we should know where we stand, especially since we're at the beginning of a new year. Uh, new year. So if you don't know anything about Naruto up until this point, what you need to know is Naruto is a plucky kid who lives in a world uh, dominantly controlled by ninja and ninja culture. Um, he has two teammates on his ninja team. Uh, one of them is Sakura, who's pretty important in this episode, but generally doesn't have a lot going on. The other one is Sasuke, who is super important in the overall story. He's kind of a prodigy, and he's rivals with Naruto because Naruto is not a prodigy. Uh, everybody likes Sasuke. Nobody likes Naruto. Sasuke, things seem to come easy, and he's particularly skilled. For Naruto, he has to work really hard, and he always seems to be trailing behind. Um, Sasuke recently Sakura had— Sakura is also there. Yeah, Sakura, is, she has real the girl syndrome right now. Um, and actually, today is the first time that she ever really stands out. Um, it's not... It's so weird. So the <laughs> the standout is not great, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. Um, Sakura is in love with Sasuke and kind of annoyed by Naruto, but she's kind of cool with it. Um... They have been on a mission together. They are now in an exam together. The exam is very dangerous and life-threatening. Um, in the previous episode, they – so right now they're in phase two, which is called the Forest of Death, which is basically a survival exam. Um, each team has either a Heaven Scroll or an Earth Scroll, and the goal is to get a copy of each heaven and earth so uh at maximum only half of the teams in the the quiz can pass um in the last uh altercation they met this person who was a creepy creepy woman who had lots of giant snakes and she bit sasuke on the neck which left a strange mark on his neck and eventually caused him to fall unconscious um Mm -hmm. uh, not off screen but when this woman escaped or whatever away from them, it turns out that she was actually a man impersonating a woman. And that man is a guy named Orochimaru, who's a big deal, bad guy. And uh, we'll learn a little bit more about him today, but not a ton. Um, yeah. Orochimaru, if if we haven't like completely explained him yet, uh, um, he's, he's just the weirdest character. Um, and in, in every way that he has like been created inside of the show so far, it he's just like this weird snake man. Yeah, that makes no sense from what we know from like like jutsus and all of this stuff beforehand. Yeah, like when they did the character design on him, they really really took a weird turn because he is constantly like vomiting himself out of his own mouth. To create a new Orochimaru. Which is like, cool. He's shedding snake, his skin shedding like a snake. Skin. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. No, Every it's, time it happens, I'm like, oh. It's oh. cool because it's creepy. That's the point. It's like uh, Hisoka in, um, in Hunter x Hunter. They're, they are designed to be uh, upsetting and unsettling villains. And they do a, a good job of it. So yeah. uh, that's pretty much where we are. Orochimaru is not going to be a huge deal. Those three are our main characters. There are a lot more characters in Naruto. It is definitely an ensemble show. 
Um, up until this point, it hasn't really been, but now it's going to be. We are going to meet a ton of characters this episode, and honestly, we should just give them a brief introduction when they show up. By the way, I just remembered one of the most ridiculously drawn fight scenes in all of Naruto. Um, there's one point where Orochimaru produces a sword out of his mouth oh, yeah. and then fights with the sword in his mouth. Oh, and I'm just yeah. like, this is the dumbest piece of It's like, not the best way to hold a sword. I'm just sure. like, uh, it's just so stupid. Just your mouth grip isn't as good as your hand grip. <laughs> Anyways. Um, we're going on to episode 31. Uh, it's our first episode of this week. It's called Bushy Brows Pledge Undying Love and Protection. And, of course, when we're talking about Bushy Brows, we are talking about... Rock Lee. He is a... I don't know if scrawny is quite the right word. He's a really thin dude who wears a green jumpsuit. He has a bowl cut. He has really dark hair and thick, thick eyebrows. He, he has perfectly symmetrically round eyes. Yeah, he is... A little bit of a comic relief because he's um, a, he's really uh, loud and brash and energetic and kind of in your face about the whole thing. Um, he yeah. His big weakness is – so in the Naruto world, there's ninjutsu, which is basically magical attacks. There's genjutsu, which is basically psychic attacks. And there's taijutsu, which is just punching. Um, so taijutsu is – Just Lee- punching. <laughs> Taijutsu is Lee's specialty, and uh, he can't really do the other things, but he makes up for it by training a bunch and being really good at Taijutsu. He's super fast. He's very strong. Uh, and overall, a really sweet character who has one of the best fights in the entirety of Naruto. Not in this episode, uh, though. But, uh, yeah, not in this episode. It, it He has actually three of the best fights in the entire series of Naruto. Okay, I'm thinking um, of two of them. What What are the three? The first one happens pretty soon. Yeah, I think next episode or the one after for us. The the second one is going to happen at the end of this show. Right. And then the third one happens in Shippuden. Which one is the Shippuden one? Uh, It's part of the Ninja War. Have you watched the way through it? No, I I made it to about the part where, like, the goddess was changing the planes of existence that they were fighting on. And as you guys can tell from listening, this shit goes off the rails a little bit. Oh yeah. It goes completely off the rails. There's a fight between, uh, uh, between Mike guy that happens after that. Um, look, look for it before the fight with Mike guy happens. You'll think it's really cool too. Okay. Um, well, we'll get there. And you know which one I'm talking about with Mike guy. Yeah. We'll, we'll actually watch it together on this podcast in about 35 years. Yeah, just uh, just uh, right before we die. Yeah, and then we'll <laughs> once Naruto's over, that will be when they put us in the ground. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Anyways, um, so we start this episode with Orochimaru having a just a straight up conversation with Anko. Um, just a little chit chat. Uh, Ank- yeah, they're they're having a little bit of uh, talk no jutsu about what happened in the previous episode, where Orochimaru basically tells Anko exactly what happens. We also have flashbacks to see exactly what happens. This is it's also like, foreshadow. Uh, this is also foreshadow no jutsu, and it is not subtle. I used to, I used to think that this whole so the, Orochimaru's plan is that he wants Sasuke. He's looking for somebody to be a vessel to basically take over their body and sort of transfer his consciousness into theirs, uh, into their body so that he can uh, restart the clock on aging, basically. And when he does that, he will, this is a little bit more information than we have at this time, but he will take the jutsu that he already knows and learns with him, but also inherit the jutsu of whoever's body he comes into. And that's kind of his Ooh, deal. Spooky. Yeah, <laughs> spooky scary. So <laughs> he, uh, he, that's his whole thing, and that's, like, what he's up to. And he actually plays his whole hand pretty much here. He tells Anko straight up. It's just so stupid. He's like, yeah, if this motherfucker survives, I'm he's going to be the perfect vessel to inherit my legacy, which is not – it's not subtle. We know what he's going to do. But there's a one in ten chance that he'll die. Spoiler alert, he won't. That's anyway. 90%. That's 90% that he won't die. No, no survive. Will survive. Sorry, yeah, it's ten percent that he will survive, but he'll be fine. He has plot armor on. So, Sakura. Yeah. Meanwhile, she has. So Naruto and Sasuke, they're both unconscious from this altercation with Orochimaru, and she has been protecting them. She's falling asleep, and uh, ultimately she falls asleep and then wakes up to a squirrel. 
which is yeah. Um, pause really quick on the squirrel thing because okay. when you said plot armor, you know what show I thought about? Did you ever watch Ronin Warriors when you were a kid? No, I know the name, but that's about it. Okay, you should watch Ronin Warriors because you like. Okay, for everybody out there who's never watched Ronin Warriors, first of all, shame on you. Uh, <laughs> second of all, um, if you liked Power Rangers as a kid, but you wished they were samurais, watch Ronin Warriors. I am um, interested. It is, it is a great, weird, super eighties show. Yes. Um, it it's actually pretty well animated for like what time period that it came out. But when I was a kid, like we had like five or six episodes of it on like a VHS tape that we got from my friend Alex, and I watched that show like a hundred times. And this is before the internet, so I was like, in my world, it was only five episodes. But the other day, I like rewatched a bunch of the episodes again. And I was surprised at how not terrible it was in the Japanese version of it. When I watched the <laughs> American version of it, it was so bad. Yeah. Well, th- so speaking of Naruto, Naruto was kind of at the – it came about in America at around a turning point in sort of the media – or sorry, yeah. the medium. So like Naruto and Bleach were both around the same time period and Bleach is a – a little bit more uh, violent from the get-go. And um, they both kind of ushered in a new idea around dubbing. And I don't want to throw too much credit their way in case uh, somebody that has more education on this um, knows better than I do. But they were definitely um, the big ones when people who were dubbing these shows started to transition from the idea that they should kind of reinvent the characters for an American audience and, mm-hmm. you know, f- edit the show to fit that translation and instead switched to the correct way to do things, which is to be as faithful as possible to the source material in almost yeah. all times. Uh, yeah. And if you, if you want to see a, um, a very large, um, example of this, that is uh, very important to like anime history, um, or at least the United States anime history. Um, take a look at uh, Dragon Ball Z, the very first arc um, that happens on there where he's fighting its raditz. Um, there is a a pretty significant change in a couple of the characters um, that you'll be able to notice pretty quickly, um, especially with the way that like Master Roshi acts, with yeah. the, the way that like Bulma acts. You'll, um, and you'll get this Dragon Ball Z became uncensored if you watched it at the right time. So they would have like the mm-hmm. censored one earlier and then the uncensored one, which is like really like the real yeah. one. And yeah, and it's, it's, it was really weird at the time that that kind of break apart that Funimation did where it yeah. was just like this is for kids, this is for adults. It's because it was cartoons and so they assumed that it was animated so it was a cartoon so it was for children and then they were like well there's all this blood and people are like getting shit faced and stuff so we'll just edit that out yeah and the other one that had a um it was a very very strange adaptation of it um is uh there there's a lot of undertones and different changes that they made instead of the gundam uh the gundam shows um where there's a lot of like different political things that were axed out of it depending on what translation you got from like which company um cuz there was like Bandai and there was like um uh Funimation and then there was like the weirdest one which is one of the first ones I ever saw of Gundam 008 which was a translation that was made for China and they they put like weird propaganda inside of it Look it up. It's it's pretty weird. <laughs> you can uh, you can also look at uh, sort of a a real time. Not that's not quite the right phrase, but there's actually a really good side by side comparison um, in the form of One Piece. And there are a couple of videos that I've seen on uh, on YouTube for some of the people that I follow that have looked at One Piece because it was dubbed by um, I think it's Four Kids did the the original dub, and then I yeah. believe Funimation bought them and then redubbed it from the beginning. Uh, and four kids did sort of the old style where they were like, this is a cartoon. So it's for children. Um, and it's heavily edited, uh, like even ridiculous things like Sanji, he smokes. And in the four kids version, he, instead of having a cigarette in his mouth, has a lollipop in his mouth at all times. 
which is yeah, not great. Uh, and then they look at uh, what led to the four kids version's demise, uh, not only from a terrible quality and everyone hated it perspective, but also um, talk about like what happened in the company that that caused them to stop producing it. And then Funimation picks it up because it is a still ongoing series that is wildly popular. Um, they mm-hmm. redo it and then it it gets good. So there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of good stuff, and that's an interesting case study because you can literally see it being done in both styles on the same show. Yeah. Now returning back to squirrels. Here we so are. So there's a squirrel that is beside Sask- uh, uh, Sakura when she wakes up. That squirrel is ha- has a terrible secret. <laughs> <laughs> this squirrel has brought along yes. a bomb. This squirrel is an accidental. This squirrel's an accidental suicide bomber. Uh, the um, the sound ninja that are about to reveal themselves have placed a paper bomb, which is basically a paper sheet with some kanji on it uh, that cause it to become an explosive talisman that explodes upon contact or on a timer or whatever. It's never completely clear, but it's it's a time bomb, and this squirrel's coming toward her, and it's going to blow up. And... <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what happens. I didn't write it down in my notes. I watched this like two weeks ago, maybe three. Yeah. She we doesn't both, explode. We both and the squirrel survives episodes. too. Yeah. We That's both watch these episodes and then we were just like, let's just step away from them. So pardon us if we're doing a terrible time of reliving these episodes today. Uh, um, uh, let's just skip this bit about Neji. It's not important. Um, Sakura is confronted by the sound ninja. So there's three of them. There's Dosu who is, he's like real wrapped up in bandages and like you basically see like one of his eyes. Uh, and there's uh, Zaku who is, I don't know, just sort of, he, he's got spiky hair. Uh, his design's not crazy interesting, but he sure is there. And then there's, uh, oh, what's the girl's name? They, I, like they kept not saying these characters' names, so I had to write them down as just like random other stuff. But the girl's name—they finally said it. Uh, Kin, 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 K-I-N, Kin. So Kin uh, is the the girl. That's really her her role on the team. And Anyways, what she is designed to look like. So those are the three sound ninja that come out and they challenge Sakura. Uh, yeah, she she does not fight basically at all and then lee arrives to save her um lee the first thing that he does is uh gives a little bit of like i don't know he takes too much time to do anything um and he talks to sakura for a second and then he just like rips a tree out of the ground as if it's just a thing that's normal yeah which would i was sitting there and i was like i know that lee is strong but this would take an absurd amount of strength Yes. <laughs> this is a little disconnect from the laws of physics there. This, there's also a bit, and I don't know if it happens right here, but there's a bit that was actually the screenshot on Netflix for one of these episodes where Lee is just standing there in front of Sakura with like this look of grim determination facing off against these guys with the squirrel perched on his shoulder. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh- um, we get a we get a pretty important flashback, um, just plot wise. Um, in the next fight, it's going to be very important. Yeah. Um, about uh, Lee learning the Lotus techniques, um, and he also um, he he also learns um, a couple of the forbidden techniques that they talk about a little bit later. I don't know if they completely say it, but they're talking about the gates. Yeah. Um, which I don't are, think we really um, learn about that until the Gara fight in a couple of our episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the the gates, I can go ahead and explain them pretty quickly. Um, so in in your body, um, inside of the ninja world, there this is are all, also a, a yogic concept, and a couple of other Eastern religions have this concept. Correct. So. Yeah. So um, there's these different uh, gates inside of your body that hold back energy that keeps you alive or gives you the extra power to do things if you are in dire need of it. However, they are a double-edged sword every time you use them. Um, some of them hurt your, like, physical body. Some of them hurt your, like, uh, your organs on the inside. 
Um, some of them can like break your bones or yeah, like, it puts a lot of strain skin. on your body. Yeah, and then there's one which is called the life gate, which will actively start to take away years off of your life. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a soul gate um, I, inside of this world. I have some gripes with this, and also with another technique used by another character. We'll we will meet him. We've seen him before. His name's Choji. There's a couple of characters in the show that have techniques that are forbidden because to use them costs the exchange of your life, uh, and then the yeah. characters don't die. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar to something that happened at the end of the first arc in Naruto, which we talked about on the episode where that happened, where Sasuke is very clearly killed uh, and then kind of just wakes up from it. Uh there are a couple of times throughout this series, and it's not Naruto specific, but uh, Naruto has a few instances throughout its runtime where the threat of death is made that this will absolutely cause my death if I do this, but the character is forced to do it, but the character doesn't die. It's yeah. a little, it kind of sucks. It's a little cheap. Yeah. Um, so uh, this this Lotus technique um, is. Um, that's the one that like he takes, he unwraps his stuff and then wraps it around the other person. Yeah. Like jumps in the air and wraps it around them and then like spins around as they're heading towards the ground and right before they slam into the ground, he throws them off of himself. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, it's, but it, it takes, it takes a lot of strength and it puts a lot of pressure on your own body because you are also bound to that person spinning very, very fast. And you have to, like, strain your muscles really hard to throw that person off of you. Yeah. Which it, it's kind of cool because it gives you, like, a, a glimpse into, like, if people actually had these physics, what would happen to their bodies it, to go through these sort of things. Yeah. Um, eventually in... Naruto, it will sort of go out the window that there's body bodily strains on things, and you'll be like, "Wouldn't that break your arm?" But they sort of just skim past it because they're just yeah. Like, well, the characters are stronger. It's um, it's exactly what I was talking about. They'll they will set up the threat, but then not follow through on it. Uh, it's a little bit of rule of cool, which if you don't know what rule of cool is, it means you can break the rules if it's cool enough. Um, and Naruto yeah. does a good job of being cool enough. So it's largely forgivable, but a little frustrating. Um, yeah. also uh, I think that I didn't even realize this until recently, but in Japanese culture, I believe that the Lotus is a symbol of death, which is pretty cool because that's his technique and he will beat the shit out of you for, with it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, uh, Zaku saves the sound guy. Uh, Zaku is... Another the, one of the sound guys. The sound guy being Dosu. Sorry, they they didn't say their... So these guys fight for like four episodes, and they didn't say any of their names except for Zaku until like three episodes in. So there's going to be a lot yeah. of sound guy and sound girl, and then Zaku is always listed as Zaku because they said his name immediately. And I was like, just yeah, say their names. I don't want to Google this. So sound guy equals yeah. Dosu. Sound girl equals Keen. Um, Zaku basically, he, he's got like... It looks like pipes that kind of come out of his hands almost, or like little, tur- like the uh, muzzles of a gun or something like that that stick out of his palms. And uh, he's able to channel uh, high pressure sound waves out of those. So he basically pressures sound through the ground to make the dirt. He kind of tills the dirt underneath Dosu's head so that when he slams into the ground, instead of being smashed into, like, you know, concrete hard dirt, he is smashed into soft earth. Um, Mm -hmm. So that sends us into episode 32. This is called Sakura Blossoms. This is really the first time Sakura gets to do anything of consequence. Um, Yeah. So Sound Guy, that's Dosu, he takes Lee down. He basically goes on the counterattack. And his deal, they are sound village ninja, and they all use sound techniques, um, which is a little bit more on the nose than most ninja will be going forward. Most ninja do not have techniques that relate directly to the name of their village. Um, But uh, Dosu, his whole thing is he has like these kind of gauntlet things on his arms, and he can use those to amplify sound waves that he can kind of use to disorient people and to cause harm 
That's basically it. And yeah. he does that to Lee and incapacitates him. Yeah, and they also, like, they take this stupid amount of time to explain what's happening with their techniques. Yeah. And I'm like, I look, I get that you're doing cool techniques, but in Ninja World, like, people don't do this shit. Like, in Ninja World, aren't you supposed to be secretive with your jutsu so people no, don't no. figure them the fuck out? No, no, Spencer, <laughs> you've forgotten. They are using the most powerful jutsu. Talk no jutsu. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever. The sacrifice um, is worth it. Anyways... Yeah. Um, so he, uh, what is it? Dosu, um, is, yeah. uh, going to finally, um, uh, attack Sakura. Um, but Lee jumps back in and he gets back in the fight and stops him. Yeah. I, I thought about this. This is literally this fight sequence. So marking this as a fight sequence between these three sound ninja people, in this fight sequence, I believe that Sakura is saved from being hit by an attack. Or sorry, it's not always Sakura, but a character is saved from being hit by an attack by another character who wasn't there previously jumping in to save them like five times. It's a little yeah. much, but it's cool yeah. enough. Uh, so Lee Anyways. saves her, but I think he's incapacitated by that. Uh, so there's these three characters that are going to jump onto the scene too. Um, we'll go through them really quickly. They're Ino, Shikamaru, and Choji. Uh, Ino is another girl. She is Sakura's rival. She has blonde hair and a ponytail, and her technique is to uh, pass her consciousness from her body into the body of another. Uh, yeah. Choji is kind of a tubby dude. He eats a lot. He's sort of a fat stereotype, and uh, his technique is to literally expand his body to be larger, um, and he can also sort of expand into a giant orb that then spins at high speeds and, and rolls toward the opponent. Um, and, and then you get the actually important one, which is Shikamaru. Yeah, the coolest uh, of them Shikamaru all. Shikamaru has a badass technique <laughs> yeah. um, where he extends his own shadow or shadows that his shadow is connected to, and when he does, he can incapacitate the person or... Um, wrap his shadow around their physical body in order to either keep them in place or make them do things. Yeah. Um, it is a badass technique, um, and we will see one of the fucking sickest moments inside of the show um, in... Oh, man, it's not until Shibiden. Anyways. Yeah, um, Shikamaru... a really cool one inside of the... the the uh, championship fights. Yeah. Um, where they're fighting inside of, like, the next episode, but... It, you don't really get like full, full him fighting against it until you have. Um... Oh, actually, I guess at the end of this full arc, yeah, the Rachimaro, his we to see it too. Yeah, his big, um, his big fight in the tuning exam final is pretty sweet too. It's uh, a really good fight, but it's also a really good explanation of his character, which is um, he is kind of a lazy, kind of laissez-faire uh i don't know if hedonistic is the right word but he he's just not very motivated to uh do a bunch and kind of talks about how everything's sort of a an inconvenience and a pain um but he is also extremely brilliant tactical mind um so his fights I, i've mentioned this before that naruto is really at its best when the fights are sort of a a bit of characters one-upping each other mentally so it's you know, using their abilities to uh, trick the other person. And Shikamaru is maybe the best at that. And it it's really good, and all of his fights are really memorable. Um, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> you wrote down inside of here the next thing that happens. Uh, please read off that next point that you make. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about the haircut? Sakura, so... Sakura strikes back at the sound ninja, but she is she's pretty much immediately grabbed by Keen, who who sort of comes behind, uh, comes from behind and grabs her hair and, and has sort of uh, rendered her unable to move because she's got her by the hair. Uh, and then Keen talks shit about her hair, and she's basically this is kind of an interesting point where she's like, "Wow, you have really beautiful hair." Uh, maybe you should spend less time on your hair and more time training, which is kind of a sick burn. And then uh, Sakura, she basically is just upset because she feels pretty correctly that her that she is useless. And then she gets the most dramatic haircut. 
And <laughs> this... <laughs> so what happens is she literally... She, so she's being held by the hair. So she reaches back in like full slow motion with a kunai knife and chops her hair off. And there's like a big swell of music. And it is so melodramatic. It, it's great. <laughs> Anyways... Um, so we're going to sort of, uh, uh, hit the, hit the afterburners, uh, now because I've just realized we have a lot more episodes. To get so through. much. Um, so we're going to give you uh, a quick play by play of what happens in the next couple of episodes. We'll slow down when it's actually important. Yeah. Um, so, basically uh, Sakura cutting her hair is sort of a metaphor for her giving up on her like childish fancies or whatever. And she becomes serious and starts to fight them. Um, she actually – there's also this really cool moment. So she thinks about how she's always behind Naruto and Sasuke as far as like talent and skill and usefulness. Um, and there is some really beautiful imagery at the beginning of this this kind of thought uh, montage. And then it just becomes flashbacks and it's really disappointing. Uh, but she yeah. goes on the, the attack against Keen and Zaku and uh, she does this really cool thing where she basically – she starts striking Zaku, and um, each time she launches a sort of predictable attack that he's able to to shove off um, by throwing uh, shuriken at her. But then it turns out that it's a substitution, and then he does she does it again, and and it's another substitution, and then she does it again, and he's like another substitution. Like, is this the only thing you've got? And he throws the shuriken at her, and it's really her, and he's off. He wasn't expecting it, and she like gets him. But then all, yeah. all she does when she gets him is she just bites his arm and then he just punches her head for like way too long and it's really upsetting. You wrote down like 20 minutes. <laughs> felt like that. So yeah. Eno okay. has a so, flashback. She thinks about when they became friends and uh, there's a part that sticks out because Sakura, it is revealed, she has she decided to grow her hair out initially because she had a crush on Sasuke and she thought it would impress him. So cutting her hair is even more important. Um, Zaku finally knocks Sakura off of her, but Ino, Shikamaru, and Choji jump in to protect her, and that takes us into episode 33. Yeah, battle formation, Ino, Shikacho. Um, so um, this episode starts out with Choji doing the thing that he always wants to do, which is nothing, and he is sitting there not wanting to fight until he gets insulted about being fat, and then he springs into action. Yeah, this he's... will happen a lot of times, so prepare. When you hear Choji's name, you will see one of three things. Him eating a bag of chips, yeah. him being insulted about being fat, or him saying that he doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. It almost is always that. If you insult him for being fat, he will fight you, and that's that's yep. what's going to happen. So that's what happens here. Yep. Anyways, so uh, Choji does his expansion no jutsu. He becomes like a big ball. Uh, Shikamaru uses this shadow possession, and finally, Ino uses mind transfer to take over Ken. Um, Ino is like threatening to kill herself in Ken's body um, if they don't flee, but they simply just attack Ken, and they like. Her her stupid ability is it sounds it's so, so cool bad. and then and then it just like never works because everybody's just like yeah. you wouldn't kill her here's, then you would die. Here's how Eno's ability works: she jettisons her consciousness from her body into the opponent's body. So it's it sounds cool on its face because she is possessing someone else's body to use against them, and a lot of the times you know she can do it without the teammates of this person realizing. So it's it's genuinely a dangerous ability. Except that it has massive drawbacks. And the first drawback is that her actual body literally becomes unconscious. So she is defenseless when she's in somebody else's body. The other massive drawback is that any damage inflicted on the person whose body she's in is also inflicted on her real body. Like, yeah, if you cut... Yeah, it's useless technique. Yeah, if you cut the body she's in, she doesn't literally develop a cut, but she does become injured. Like, the strain injures her. It's so bad. Like, the drawbacks are way not worth it. Yeah. Um, then we get um, uh, the, the show-up of the next bunch, um, which is um, uh, Neji and Tintin show up, and they have, <laughs> like... They they decide that they're going to be the new opponents now. Um, yeah, it is an I am your opponent guys. now pile up. Yeah. 
Um, Neji, um, he's, he talks about like some crazy chakra and then Sasuke wakes up from, I guess, you know, his bad dream. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, this is, this is just, I am your opponent now pile up on speed because it was Lee jumping in and doing, I am your opponent now. Then he did it again. Then Sakura did it. Then, you know, Shiko and Cho did it. Then, Neji literally gets there to do an I am your own opponent now, and he doesn't even get to jump down to join the battle because Sasuke gets there first. It is yeah. so much. It's just the same trope over and over again, and it's a cool trope. It's one of my favorite tropes in anime is somebody's about to take a bad hit. They have been fighting, and they are losing, and somebody else jumps in for the real fight to begin, and it's badass, and it's just overdone in this fight. Yeah, the only thing that is really cool about this though is that there's a there's like a pretty sweet like uh like flash into Sasuke's like dream where he's kind of like hallucinating inside of it and thinking about like his clan and he's unable to stop them being killed and then he wakes up with this curse mark going on and then he just jumps into battle and like Zaku can't stop him and then Sasuke just breaks both of his arms. Yeah. Uh, so Sasuke's curse mark, when that activates here, basically the, the sort of dark, um, markings that were left on his neck from where Orochimaru bit him, they're, these little dark sort of squiggly looking lines burn red across his skin and then sort of, uh, it almost looks like they cool off into these black markings. So they cover him. And then when the curse mark sort of deactivates, the markings recede back in. It's pretty cool. Um, so Sasuke has broken Zaku's arms. Everybody else that's watching is just kind of horrified because Sasuke, this is, this is kind of weird because in the ninja world, you have to be ruthless and the characters have talked about being sort of like cold and ruthless before. And Sasuke more than most has demonstrated this and talked about being willing to be, but this is played like a, a really, abnormal character behavior like behavior pattern like maybe it's just that the characters are being confronted with this ruthlessness and it is a little extra dramatic from from sasuke but uh this was a weird one um yeah they, anyway they really did not come from the village hidden in the mist because that shit is way more crazy nope um, so anyways sasuke is gonna go for dosu next but sakura jumps in and gives him a hug and makes him stop because she's afraid of mm-hmm. how mean he's being i guess and dosu's like hey i can tell that we can definitely not beat this guy so here is our scroll and we're gonna get the fuck out of here and they do yeah you um, would think that we would end 34. there but we will not <laughs> we have three four more episodes to go holy shit no we have three more oh god uh-uh. four. anyways um so uh we're gonna blitz through these pretty quickly um this one's the really one is there's not a lot Akumaru of <laughs> trembles gara's cruel strength um we we flash into a different part of the forest uh which another team is going around trying yeah. to take scrolls okay here and they are this one... we got kiba <laughs> Kiba is a dude with a dog. The dog's name is Akamaru. That's pretty much it. They'll do more stuff in the future, but that's that's them. Kiba kind of has hyper-animalistic senses, and that's his thing. Um, Shino is weird. He is kind of quiet and creeps people out, and his deal is that he has bugs that he talks to, and it will get creepier later. Um, Hinata is part of the Hyuga clan. Um, their whole deal is that they have a special eye power, kind of similar to the, uh, the Uchiha clan's Sharingan. Um, the Hyuga, their thing is called Byakugan, and it basically allows them to see Chakra. Um, mm-hmm. That's and, it. Those and, are the characters. They're heading out. They find Gara and his team. So there's Gara. Gara is a guy who controls sand, and he's extremely murderous. And then he has a brother, Konkuro, and a sister, Tamari, and uh, they don't use their abilities, so we're not going to cover them. Anyways. <laughs> um, so... Um, uh, Gara's, Gara's team is facing off against a hidden miss team. Um, Kankuro tries to say that the battle could be unnecessary depending on their scroll. Uh, but Gara is, uh, well, we haven't super met Gara yet, but Gara is very bloodthirsty. Yeah. Um, and, um, <laughs> he wrote down in here, he wants to kill them because their eyes met Just like, like an, an angry, angry Pokemon, Pokemon trainer. trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. 
I'm going to continue on. Gara uh, fights against this, like, weird umbrella guy, and it looks like they're going to have the sweet fright, and then he just, he's just dead. Yeah. And then he just kills everyone. And Gara and Kinkuro, like, anger over killing more, uh, they, like, argue over killing more people, and if it's correct or not to do, and Gara's just like... <laughs> yeah, so they're, they are literally siblings. Um, yeah. And Gara. I forgot about this. Yeah, Gara. I read this and I was just like, they never talk about this inside of the show. Yeah, so Gara, Tamari, and Conqueror are all siblings. Uh, and Gara is basically just like, uh, I don't, I've never thought of you as siblings. And um, if you get in my way, I'm going to kill you. So yep. that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um,. There's then like this uh this like run around at the the tower that they're going to. Yeah. Um, they have to and, take they have to get one of each scroll and then they have to go to this tower in the yeah. middle of the forest. That's the deal. Yeah, and they they get there and they they get to this tower and they find out that they're just alone with Gara's team and uh there's a literal VHS and V uh like VCR. Yeah. Up. You said up in this shit. <laughs> yeah, they, it cuts to some of the proctors, and they literally bring in a VHS tape and a VCR. I was like, uh, what year did this come out? Like, this is antiquated. And, uh, yep, they show up. The test proctors, they're freaked out because Gara's team made it through the test so quickly. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but Gara's team made it through the test in about 90 minutes, and the previous best record was like four and a half hours. Uh, the other thing that they note that is actually fairly important to the future is that Gara, they they talk about how dangerous the test is because of the other teams and also because of the wildlife in the forest and just generally how difficult it is to make it through a forested area that quickly. And they notice that Gara doesn't have a mark on him, either on his skin or his clothes. Seems kind of innocuous. Uh, It'll come back later. Yeah. This next episode is called episode 35, The Scroll Secret, No Peeking Allowed. Uh, um, team 7 has fish, uh, which is a bad idea. Yeah, um, they're literally the cooking over a campfire in a, a fucking forest of death where you're supposed to be avoiding other ninja teams. What are you fucking thinking? So anyway, there's like a day left of the exam. They have been recovering from their big fight. Um, Naruto, so Sasuke runs off to get something. Naruto is talking to Sakura and he's like, look, we might be out of time to get the scroll. There might not be any more scrolls to get, but I have all these extra scrolls in my bag. So let's just forge this scroll. And in order to do so, we should open our scroll so that we can see what's on it so that we don't get caught. Um, but, uh, you might remember that opening the scroll before the end of the test is huge. No, no, it is against the rules. Um, there is another team, meanwhile, that we haven't seen before, and we're not going to see them again, but it's a team of three generically designed people, except that one of them has a scarf as a chin strap, and I am not making that shit up. I had to double take on that, but he, it looks like a really badly miscolored chin strap facial hair, but no, it's wrapping around the back of his neck. He's wearing a scarf as a chin strap. I don't know what's happening here, but, uh, these guys also want to figure out what's in the scroll. They decide to open them while one of them's away, and they all get knocked out. So we know that this is bad news that Naruto's about to open it, but good news is that um, this dude Kabuto stops him. Kabuto, real quick, is a dude with kind of gray hair and glasses. He doesn't have gray hair because he's old. He has gray hair because it's an anime, and uh, he is sort of the nerdy dude they met earlier who has lots of data on other people. Um, He is inexplicably friendly with them he has two other people on his squad that are really just dudes in robes kind of uh they don't show up much and they're not relevant here because he's not with them uh he is um sakura or sorry sasuke comes back and and sees kabuto he's like hey uh we can't trust you because you're probably trying to take our scroll Kabuto shows them that he already has both of his scrolls, and Sasuke's like, all right, well, in that case, let's fight because we've got to get the scroll somehow, and you're here. Um, They decide to team up instead and head off to the tower. The strategy here is that uh, since it is so close to the end of the test, um, everybody that doesn't have a scroll or that is trying to knock people out um, of the competition will be heading to the tower so that they can trap each other as they're heading that direction. 
Um, they get there, they walk around for a little bit, and then they realize that they have been caught in genjutsu basically since they arrived that is forcing them to walk around in circles, and suddenly they are in a- attacked by an army of snorkel men. Snorkel men! Snorkel men! Episode 36. Clone versus clone, mine are better than yours. This is a very stupid title, and that's good because it's a very stupid episode. Um, the snorkel guys are <sighs> like liquid cones, and yeah. they deduce this tactic to gather info where they wear wear them down while the real ones hide somewhere. It's There's, a really dumb, it's, dumb okay. premise. Here's what's going on. There's three dudes. They all wear snorkels for no reason. And um, they – it's probably gas masks if I'm being charitable. But uh, they look like snorkel dudes. They're all designed to be very similar to each other. Um, and their strategy is that they're not that great at hand-to-hand combat. But they can make lots and lots of clones that will attack the main characters – um, the bad news is that the clones have real weapons, so they are actually dangerous. Um, and they basically battle the main characters for a while so that they can tire them out um, with a plan that once they are tired, the real dudes will reveal themselves, knock out or kill the main characters, and then they will have their scrolls. Uh, and that's exactly what happens except for the knockout or kill part because Naruto reveals that he was actually all of the team members it was just shadow clones of himself that it had transformed into the uh, appearance of his team members while the real team members hid nearby to trap yeah. the real snorkel guys when they revealed themselves. That's yeah, a, meanwhile, that's Sasuke is like, how did Naruto improve this much? And you wrote down here that I think that's a fair question. It is a fair yes. question. How did he improve so much? Nobody knows. Yeah. He hasn't done any fucking real training. They haven't so been like, training at all. Lot- Yeah, I would say Naruto has improved. You can tell from one perspective because he you have seen character growth in him. He he has matured and we have seen it. That's one way that he's improved. The other way is that he does have this fox demon locked up inside of him that gives him a ton of chakra. And they're kind of halfway talking about how much chakra he's got to use. So from that perspective, I get it. But from another perspective, like we've seen him this whole time and they haven't been training and he is explicitly untrained and I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Sasuke uh, talks about how he can't use the Sharingan because he was worried about the curse mark. No, because um, it physically Kamis- hurts him when he tries to use it. Yeah, because of the curse mark. Yeah. Um, Kabuto is hit with an attack and you wrote down and gets red eye. Are you yeah. talking about like when somebody gets bloodthirsty? No, I was talking about when you need clear eyes because you have red eye. Oh, you're so awful. <laughs> no, but he literally he gets hit in the face and then he like glares at these dudes and his eyes literally start to turn red and it's real fucked up. And Sasuke sees it and he decides that he doesn't trust Kabuto anymore. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Kabuto leaves and we get the first interaction between Kabuto and Orochimaru. And he provides some data to Orochimaru on Team 7. Yeah, basically um, uh, Kabuto was a spy for Orochimaru this whole time. And uh, yeah. that's that. <laughs> yeah, One more and episode. Kabuto Holy shit. Is <laughs> some, he is some amount of years old. Nobody knows how yeah, many he is. It's not At clear. some angles whoever's drawing him draws him as if he is like 14 at some times he's drawn like he's in his early 20s yeah sometimes he is drawn to look like he's in his 40s he is really up in the air with kabuto (laughs) he's supposed to have taken the tuning exam a few times and the tuning exam happens like every two years so we can assume that he is in his mid to late teens or early 20s probably mid to late teens um We'll find out he's a little bit of a prodigy and has also been benefiting from his secret side hustle with Orochimaru, and that makes him a lot stronger than he should be for his age. Um, He also, as we mentioned earlier, Orochimaru's thing is immortality. Kabuto's kind of with him for that reason. And Kabuto's specialty, we will learn way later, is medical ninjutsu. So his age may literally be undeterminable because of potential operations or jutsu that he is used to alter his age um, or the aging process. Whatever. One more episode. Meanwhile, we have the next episode, which is episode 37, Surviving the Cut, the Rookie Nine together again. Yeah, Um, this is almost filler. The scrolls. Yeah, they, they talk. They get to the tower talk, and they open the scrolls. And talk. The, the talk, and talk. 
It's not a waste of talking. It's basically Erica is a proud father giving advice to people who are going on to college, except college in this instance yeah. is being dangerous ninja. Um, in this, in this, we find out basically two important things. The first of which being that Orochimaru is part of the legendary three Sanin. Um, I think it's Sanin, 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 um, which are like the three, three of the like best ninja that have come out yeah. of, uh, this village hidden in the leaves. We haven't uh, met the other two, but ever. we will, they will be super important and they're all pretty cool characters. Yeah, the next thing that we find out is that 21 people pass the tuning exam to phase two, meaning there will be a preliminary round before the finals. Yeah, Anko, to Anko, thinks, round. Anko thinks to herself that she was expecting single digits to pass, so we're way beyond that. Uh, I'm just going to blitz through this here because these notes are a little bit longer, but it's also because I started thinking to myself how weird this is. So we get to the preliminary round area, which we'll talk about next time because we're going to be there for a while. Uh, there's a really funny bit where Mike Guy and Kakashi sort of have a war of words a little bit. Uh, Mike Guy is the guy who's in charge of um, Rock Lee. Kakashi is the guy who's in charge of Naruto and his team. Uh, they are rivals with each other, and it's pretty funny. Uh, this proceeds to be a long sequence of char- cutting around two different characters uh, thinking to themselves, and it's really weird if you think about how this would be in real life, because it does not seem to be like a microcosm of time. It seems to be real time of them literally just standing around quietly staring around at each other and thinking silently to themselves. And a few characters say things out loud, which is why I think that real time is passing. And it's weird. Uh, It's not that strange for an anime. Like this happens a lot, but it is weird if you think about it for a second. Um, But I'm pretty sure the point is to show off all the characters that we have in this area and to build tension. And I remember watching this when I was a lot younger and feeling that tension building because I see all these cool characters and I'm excited about what's going to happen next. Uh, What's going to happen next is explained by the Hokage. And he explains that the exam – this is really fucked up. So the Hokage is basically like, okay, here's the deal. The tuning exam is taken across nation. Does anybody know why? It's because we want to encourage allies between nations. But also, more importantly, this is a microcosm of battle between nations. And everybody is reasonably shocked when he says this. Uh, He goes on to say that the tuning exam was essentially born out of an ongoing and eternal war between nations – They used to fight all the time. They would determine uh, specific locations to fight so that they wouldn't fuck up all their shit. And in doing so, it slowly transitioned from actual war fights into an exam for children, uh, which is real messed up. Uh, So also, it is kind of an advertisement for the local feudal lords. So even though all of our main characters are ninja, there are tons of non-ninja people in this world. And some of them are some type of royalty. They will often hire ninja for guard duty or different missions, and they will come to the tuning exams to see what the ninja of tomorrow are like and to figure out who they want to hire. This is actually an important geopolitical process because if your village doesn't have enough promising ninja, people will not hire you, and that will hit the economy of your country, and you will go onto a death spiral. And that's actually a really big, complicated thing that they do not get into, so we won't either. Uh, Mm -hmm. He basically justifies all this really messed up shit by saying that fighting for your life is the only way to truly bring out your power, and so that's why you have to do it. I think that that is fucking ridiculous, but uh, they double down on that by saying that fighting for your life to show your strength to others is the equivalent of friendship, and I'm pretty much over that. Uh, then he, yeah. he is about, you, you literally wrote down. I literally can't even with this shit right now. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully right before he explains the rules of what they are about to get into in the immediate future, he is cut the fuck off by this guy named Hayate Gecko, who was a sort uh, of AKA coffee McCofferson. Coffee McCofferson has shown up and he is a lightly designed, mildly important side character who shows up from time to time. Uh, I would think that after the Hokage finished giving a speech about how uh, the exam that they're taking is essentially an extension of an ongoing and endless war between nations, that if you cut him off, you might get executed in public. But instead of that, he's just like, hey, why don't I tell them the rules since I volunteered to be the proctor? And the Hokage is like, that sounds great. And then Hayate Gecko, his characterization is that he coughs a lot. He has some sort of illness or 
injury from the past. I think they mentioned what happened exactly like way later in the show. Uh, but he basically just coughs a lot. And the end of this episode is the Hokage says all this really fucked up shit. Then he's about – he's like, here's what the tournament's going to be like. And before he can say what the tournament's going to be like, Hayate cuts him off and proceeds to cough, not say anything else, turn around, cough, and that's the end of the episode. And what the fuck is even <laughs> happening? Th- these were not great episodes. There are some really cool story <laughs> ep- moments, and you should watch them. There are some really cool bits, and they are worth seeing. If you're into it, It's we're not as enthusiastic about it because we're watching it in the context of shows that do this kind of thing better and because we've seen it before, and we're really anxious to get to the parts that we really like, and these are, are not those parts. Um, The good news is that we are about to get to some of the parts that we really like. There are some excellent fights coming up, and that is going to be the focus of some of our our recent – or sorry, forthcoming Naruto episodes, and I'm pretty pumped about it. Uh, I don't want to shit on Naruto too much, but this was a rough one. Yeah. Um, If you want to stick around through our ending credits, uh, especially because we're going to be announcing our next show that we are going to be showing next week. What could it be? Totally check it out. Yeah. Um, Also, if we we just just in case we don't re-record a thing, reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. Subscribe to it. Comment. Participate. We'll see you there. Okay. And we'll see you in a bit. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing work done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level four sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're going on a bizarre adventure with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Was that too much? Was that too much? <laughs>